Welcome to the Hope Connection Radio Show, brought to you by Bishop Harry Jackson and the Hope Christian Church family. Today's message is sure to transform your life and touch your soul. Let's listen in to this powerful teaching by Bishop Jackson, already in progress. I'm going to rapid fire explain my thinking about some of these points. I won't be able to get to everything, so you're going to be able to go back and study this week especially. What we want to do is we want to build faith for the presence of God. Faith comes by hearing, yes, and we can't hear unless we read, we receive, we understand, we're encountered by God. What if, I had to think about this, what if these next two years or so, we had to just leave an enduring legacy, where would we begin, where would we build, and how would we take all of us at different levels in God into a different, higher dimension of understanding so that we could shake mountains, do magnificent things. A year of conquest. This year is a year, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, is being lived out, a time and a place where everything works, where God has set us in the midst of difficult situations. Some of us have been pressed and tested personally beyond measure. Some of us are so happy that 2015 is over. We don't know what to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But what if now God says, I need for you to get ready. You're not going to have fewer battles, but every battle you fight as you carry my presence, you win. You're going to win. We talked New Year's Eve, and you may want to get the CD about the fact that in the book of Joshua, after Joshua chapter 7, it was not recorded one casualty in the taking of the land. Canaan represented the Israelites entering into their personal destinies. There were tribal territories, family territories, individual plots for each family. The physicality, the physical locations that they entered into in Canaan represent their emblematic of the destiny that you and I are to enter into. And our problem is just like their problem, and that is that we have been assigned to a place that somebody else thinks they own. Our reward is in a jurisdiction that somebody else feels like he or she's in charge of. And spirit forces and demonic entities are abiding and they feel like they can control those areas. But the reality is, as we're moving with God, God is going to lead us into victory. Let's look at point 2A. Amen. Honor and majesty are found in his presence. Strength and joy are found in his sanctuary. First Chronicles chapter 16, 27. What in the world does that mean? Aren't these the same thing? Honor and majesty found where? Say it with me. And strength and joy are found in his what? So in the sanctuary, you're going to find his presence. And in his presence, there's honor and majesty. What's being said here is simply this. The long-term benefit of walking in the presence of God, being sensitive to stewarding that presence is that you will be crowned with honor and majesty. In other words, part of God's grace and glory and power 
is imparted to you and you're going to be known as an honorable man or woman and your life is going to be filled with supernatural majesty. Strength and joy are in a sanctuary. In other words, the first thing you're going to encounter as you learn to come, and I learn to come afresh into the presence of God, is I'm going to learn to find strength instead of weakness, joy instead of depression. And those things are the first download that I get. Do you need strength? Do you need joy? Do you need to be encouraged in this season? Do you need something to help you overcome the fear? New Year's Eve evening, New York City was on guard. The highest number of policemen they'd ever had positioned waiting because they felt that an enemy could break in and take them out. We have the same kind of concerns in some ways unless we know we're guarded by his presence. Point B, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isn't this interesting? Again, I see three tears. Are you there with me? What we need to do is first get in his presence, part B. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is freedom from anxiety. In your presence, there's a download of strength. In your presence, there's the power and the passion of his presence and purpose. If we've got that, then we'll follow point C. Do you see the third part of that verse? At your right hands are pleasures forevermore. God says, I'm first going to give you peace that leads to joy. And on the other side of that, I will bring pleasures, the benefits the benefits of covenant living are going to be yours. And then you will show me the path of life. In other words, thy word shall be a lamp unto my feet. I'll see my next step and a light to my path. The way will become clear. Several I'm looking at right now, you've been in places of pressure and struggle, trying to find the dimensions and directions, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, and you have been wise enough not to make it up. It would be better, we would feel better if we had decisive direction now, but the problem is sometimes we decide to go where God is not directing us. So it would be better to learn how to focus on the presence, relate to the person, be led into his pleasure, and then we will find God's fulfilled will and purpose. Don't ask me to repeat that. See, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Has anybody ever experienced the strife of tongues? Or somebody talking about you? <laughs> or reaching out and trying to hurt you in some way? They may feel justified, and certainly it creates problems for you. I know what that feels like. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion. What I love about this verse is, it's really powerful. You shall hide them in the what? Secret place. 
Secret place implies that everybody doesn't know where this place is. Secret place implies that you can only get there if you know the code, the direction, the key. Come on now. There is a secret place for the people of God that God will reveal to us. There's a special place. It's a spiritual safe house. Spiritual safe house that we will have. Are y'all there with me? Yeah, you're just looking at me because you're really paying attention. Not that, what is he talking about today? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference in that expression. Hallelujah. So if you're with me, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. How many know that some folk plotting against you? Y'all don't believe that? Anybody think that nobody's plotting against me? Raise, raise your hand. I'm going to have a prayer for naivete if that is what you really think. There's somebody that doesn't like you. There's somebody that's jealous about you. There's somebody who's got it in for you. And even worse than that, there's an entity. His name is Satan. He is an enemy of the saints, and he's working against you full time. But he's destined to be frustrated. Verse B, or the 31, Psalm 3120B, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. I love the idea that there's a spiritual pavilion we can enter into, but that's also tied into, as we've been reading, this presence, right? Point D, do not cast me away from your presence, O Lord. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, this is a Psalm of David, but David, I don't believe, was saying, Lord, I don't want you to take your Holy Spirit away from me permanently. The same man said, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. What he's really saying is, Lord, I don't want the absence of your manifest presence and your abiding hand, <coughs> excuse me, or direction in my life. Does that make any sense? I, I, I need that nearness. I need that sense of direction. I need that sense of God with me. I need that interactive dimension of life. I got to have that. And if I don't have that, Lord, you know, you need to kind of put the reset button together. Does that make any sense? So that leads us to point E. Now, these are just scriptures that we could have put more scriptures, but each one of these has meaning. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Look at verse E. It says, be silent in the presence of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is at hand, for the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guests, Zephaniah, a minor prophet. How, how many know that in the Lord's work, there are no minor prophets? There, there are minor prophets prophets only to the extent that fewer of their words are recorded and fewer of what they went through would seem to be part of our inheritance. The major prophets had a whole lot to say and were seen as being pivotal, but this prophetic voice is simply saying in that situation, be silence, reverence the Lord. 
How many of you, there are many ways to encounter the Lord. We can lift our hands. We can shout. As Pastor Dave talked about earlier, we can clap. We can dance before God. We can celebrate his presence. We are called to enter his presence with the giving of thanks and praise and worship. Amen? But there are times that we need to be aware that we can meet with the manifest presence. That's the point. That's what Zephaniah is telling us. And he says he has invited you and me as guests, or he has invited a generation of people as guests. I'm saying to Hope Christian Church, God is saying in 2016, I am inviting you to seek after me, and I want my presence to be with you. Amen. We need to rediscover that presence. Point F Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing from that manifest presence. Times where God does the worry and the, the weariness of your labor and your journey. And there is a sense that you have been renewed, invigorated, refreshed by him and him alone. His presence. Oh, I think this is very important. We alluded to this verse earlier. Gee, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Point H, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Point eight, or I rather, in Psalm 97 verse 5. Hear the word of the Lord. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. The mountains, these are emblematic in the Bible, all the places where you see mountains. Mountains speak of problems. Mountains speak of insurmountable situations. I've got some mountains. you got some mountains. All God's children got mountains. And if you can see this, what is being declared by the psalmist is that the mountains, yes, even the mountains, melt at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, emphasizing his sovereignty, his omnipotence, his authority over everything that would manifest itself against the revealed will of God. Final one that I'll read today, now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the brightness of his rising with exceeding joy, brightness of his glory, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. There's so much more. You're going to have to look at those later. Let's go to page four, things that hinder the presence of God. Thanksgiving and praise is like getting on a road that goes into the manifest presence of God. Like transforming the humidity factor to the dew, the rain, or to the snow. We need the manifestation of God. So certain things hinder us. A, the worship of other gods. We looked at that briefly. B, seven problems with praise. And I mean by that seven things that hinder praise. Seven things that will stop your praise from bringing you before the Lord. Where everybody else can be singing, but you could just be singing along 
You can be in a room where others are touching God. You're wondering, why are they weeping? Why are they kneeling? Why are they bowing? Why are they responding? I'm not feeling anything. They sound good, but, but what's up? And so in these years, this year or two, as we are laying new foundations at deeper levels, God wants us to understand that there are many interferences. Are you ready? You may want to write some of these down, and if you've got a group set of notes, hallelujah, don't fight, okay? Point number one, the thing that can hinder us is satanic interference. Satanic interference is something that distracts you from coming before the Lord. Satanic interference is when you're trying to pray and suddenly the phone rings or all kind of scattering ideas come and I've been trying to read but I can't focus and all of a sudden the kid comes, mommy, I need this or that or the other or your stomach growls and I need a bowl of porridge, whatever it may be. But it can be in the natural, but it can have a satanic origin. You with me? So, so we need to deal with it. Now, it can be even a little bit more serious. You say, what? It can be that I'm trying to focus on the song or the worship in a worship service or a time of prayer. I want to hear from God. And all of a sudden, as I'm thinking, as I'm thinking, past problems come up, past sins come up, and I'm standing here and I'm trying to think about holy, holy, holy. And I'm looking at the pastor and I'm saying, he show is ugly, ugly, ugly. Or whatever it is, whatever it is that is distractive. Even worse than that, in a holy place, all of a sudden problems of the past, sins of the past, problematic issues come to mind. Scenes where I've been involved in untoward things flash up. So I'm male and I'm sitting in a worship service and the young women are starting to do the dance and I start thinking about somebody doing some other kind of dance. And that is not helpful. Oh, that brother is remembering the days they used to call him Freaky Freddy, but we will leave that alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sorry, that's not on my notes. Now, <laughs> but whatever the distraction, there can be a satanically charged interference and in that interference, there can come accusations which will make me not run toward the presence of God, but away. Point number two ties in with satanic interference, and that would be sin. Sin. Psalm 66, verse 18, I've written there, says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Also right behind it, the reference is Isaiah 59.2, spoken of the whole nation of Israel. It says, thy sins have separated you from God. There still is a reality of sin. What this word says, how many believe this is the Bible? Inspired word of God. It's saying, if I regard iniquity in my heart, in other words, if I focus on my own stuff, if I focus on sin, I can set myself up where there's a block for my praise, I can sing in boogaloo or whatever it is. That's an old word from years ago. Uh, but it, I can't come before the presence of God. Point number three ties into one and two, and that is a sense of guilt. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Many people are not trying to get intimate with God. They're not trying to come before the Lord because there's a sense of guilt. There's a sense of I'm not supposed to do something 
We're going to have a whole teaching as we get to studying the word. One of the areas uh, that we'll be talking about this year or going deeper in personal uh, exploration in the scriptures. And I think it's going to be very important that we rediscover repentance. Repentance is to ask forgiveness. Repentance is to believe that we're cleansed. At the end of this service is a part of communion. We're going to deal with repentance, recognizing, hey, God has wants me to move over there. I've been moving in a different way. It's appropriate. It is not condemning to say, I deal with this. I focus on this. I end this now. I don't keep dragging my issues or a, a sense of unworthiness into tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the tomorrows after tomorrow's tomorrow. For fear is a major hindrance. It is. Fear of judgment, fear of all kinds of things. We'll go into much more details later. Five, ego. Look at Romans 12, 3 in your notes. I think it's so important. Ego or self-image or focus on self is so important that we look at this this way. For I say to every man that is among you, through the grace given unto me, not to think more highly, not to think of himself more highly, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Some of us, our self-image will keep us from bringing thanksgiving and praise. The praise that God may want from you is a shout, a dance, a lifting of hands, a vocalization that is outside of your comfort zone. You may want to be sitting looking pretty here today. Instead of dancing with all your heart before the Lord, how many remember there's a story about David in the Old Testament where David danced before the Lord and he danced out himself out of his ceremonial garb and his wife was all put out. She said, mm, yeah, you embarrass me acting up like that. You don't have to shout like that in the house of God. And uh, David's only response and only answer was it was before the Lord. It was before God. I was simply expressing my thankfulness to God, the God that saved me, the God that used me, the God that blessed me, the God that helped me, the God that positioned me, the God that brought me. Amen? It was before the Lord. Sixth thing that can hinder us is wrong God concepts. Sometimes there are relationships that we've got wrong with our fathers, our mothers, our parents, often reflect ourselves in themselves in an inability for us to connect with God in worship. I'm unable to be intimate with him because I didn't learn intimacy from them. I can untie and undo the work and past damage by learning how to connect, commit to God today. And then finally, I'm going to call these uh, just kind of wrong emotions. Look with me at Isaiah 61, 3, and we close with this. It says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, unto them to give unto them beauty for ashes. See the transition. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. In other words, God wants this avenue of thanksgiving and praise 
to cause the presence of God to be manifest with us, but we may come feeling depressed. We may come feeling vexed. We may come anxious. We may come feeling unworthy. We may come feeling defeated, and we're going to have to learn how to change emotional garments. In other words, we can't let the way we feel when we start off the service or the prayer time or the worship time where God simply is saying to us, rejoice in the Lord. And we say, well, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, rejoice anyhow. Take joy again. Draw from a different well of experience. Draw from my spirit, the Lord says. And if we'll learn how to get past our feelings in the flesh, God will bring us to an emotional and spiritual place where his presence will be manifest. Thank you for listening to the Hope Connection radio broadcast. Please be sure to visit us for a Sunday service at our sprawling campus located at 6251 Ammondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. That's 6251 Ammondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. We are saving a seat just for you. For more information or to order the broadcast in its entirety, check us out on the web at hopeconnection.org.